Welcome to Sibling Cinema. I'm Dennis. And I am Bonnie. And we are here counting down the Oscar winners for Best Picture of the Year. And we'll have them ranked from worst to best. And we're all the way up to number 22. 22. Yeah, so what are we talking about today? 1940, mm-hmm. the movie Rebecca. Yes. Uh, yeah, Rebecca won Best Picture for 1940. Mm-hmm. Great year for movies. Oh, we'll yeah. get into that a little bit more. What is your history with Rebecca? You know, it's interesting. I wasn't sure if I had seen it. Uh-huh. And then I watched it, and there were a couple of things that made me... If I had seen it, I saw it like 25 years ago. Right, yeah. And so it... You know, it, it has a twist ending. I didn't see the twist ending coming. Okay, yeah. Uh, the only thing I was... Have I ever seen a movie with Shere Khan? Oh, George be- Sanders? Yeah. Uh, yeah, All About Eve, which we'll get to eventually. Okay, yeah, so maybe I'm... Because re- I know I I watched another old movie where I was like, I know that voice. Yeah, I thought you had seen it, but it's... Because I, I seem to remember, like... Brought it over to Coronado when we watched yeah, it yeah, on the that's night or so something. I, but I mean, that's yeah, there were, decades ago. Right, yeah. That was, that's probably 25 years ago. Okay, yeah. so 25 to 30 years ago. So I I do think I, you know, there were some vague mm-hmm. things, but I could not remember, Yeah, you know, pretty... Anyway, I... Well, so I don't as know. you said, there are twists. So if you haven't seen Rebecca yet, you should pause this. And go see Rebecca, because we're going to give away the... Yeah, we are. We're going to give away the goods. And I'm going to say this right now. Uh-oh. If you haven't seen Rebecca, go see Rebecca. Okay, good. It's fantastic. Great. <laughs> yes. You will um, love it. You are familiar, but you've seen a few Hitchcocks, though, right? Yes, yeah. it's very Hitchcock. But yes. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, I've so seen good. it several times. I'm a, I'm a big Hitchcock fan, so... Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't see it. It's really good. Yeah, well, it won Best Picture in 1940, which, as I said, is one of my favorite years for movies. Oh, let's see what else was up. Let's see what Rebecca beat. In the, There were ten nominees. Wow. So, as good a year as it was, there is some forgettable stuff that um, made the nominations list. Uh-huh. Our Town is a movie version of the famous uh, Thornton Wilder play. Are you familiar with the play? It's kind of a... Staple of regional theater high school productions. I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a play that's kind of about a small t- small New England town at the turn of the century and their loves and lives, uh, but it's kind of a play within a play, uh-huh. so it's uh, very easy to put on because it's, it's kind of like a, a bench and a chair oh, is okay. the set, and... It's the main character is the the theater manager. Okay. And so it's like he's kind of directing a production of the play. Uh-huh. And this movie version just kind of takes that out of it and just tells the story kind of in the costume. And I think it does kind of lose a bit without that um, oh, okay. play within a play structure. So you, uh, it's fine. You it's, actually I, I prefer mean, the regional theater. Well, depending on which, yeah. yeah. Uh, Another movie that's not that well-remembered today is All This and Heaven Too. Okay. Although it's a pretty good movie. Uh, It's a costume drama starring 
the great Betty Davis and the great Charles Boyer. She plays a governess. Uh, she goes uh, governess for a duke and duchess. Uh, she wins the hearts of the father and the children and the jealousy of the duchess. And okay. so there's a conflict between the women. Okay. Yeah. So is Betty Davis your favorite of all time? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, she, yeah, she, she's up there. I, I think she's, she's definitely terrific. in your. She's in your top five. I would say she's probably in your top three. Yeah, as Who far as would... acting, but I mean, Meryl Streep is yes, pretty flawless. <laughs> I love Catherine Hepburn. I mean, I love Grace Kelly, but I mean, she had such an abbreviated career. It's hard uh -huh. to put her up there. Uh, Audrey Hepburn's great. Ingrid Bergman. Yeah. No. Ingrid Bergman's terrific. Yeah. But, uh, I but do Betty think, Davis. I do is, think Betty Davis is kind of up there for you. Yeah, Betty Davis gives one of my favorite all-time performances, but we haven't gotten to that movie yet. Um, oh, but we're going to all oh, about yes, Eve. Of all course, yeah. Eve. Yeah. Okay. I think I've seen all about Eve. Yeah, you've seen it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Betty Davis had a terrific year because she was also in the Letter. Oh. Which is. Uh, movie that's aged a lot better that was also up for best picture this year uh this is kind of it's directed by william wyler okay know him. and yeah it is kind of a, a lurid suspense drama where uh, betty davis plays a woman who shoots a man claims self-defense but then a letter emerges which casts some doubt and uh, opens up layers of intrigue and blackmail and all sorts of just Oh, that sounds juicy really stuff. good. Yeah, it's, it's terrific. It's also kind of uh, set in a plantation, I think, in the Far East. Or like, um, but they're like, one of the elements is that she's kind of a, a part of a colonialist uh, oh. power, so that kind of plays into it. Are we supposed to root for them? You should, you should watch it. It's, okay. it's good. It's, it's kind of complicated as far as who you like and who you don't. Uh, Kitty Foyle was the Ginger Rogers vehicle that same year. Also up for Best Picture. Ginger Rogers is kind of branching out from her musical... Uh, her partnership with Fred Astaire is uh -huh. still going on, but uh, she's kind of... Uh, branching out in her range as in this drama about a uh, young woman raising a child on her own. Due to the production code, which was very heavily enforced at this time. In 1940, yeah, it was? Yeah. Um, I think in the book that it's based on, the woman just has an illegitimate child and has to deal with the... Uh -huh. I, 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 as I remember in the movie, it's like she's kind of... Uh, they elope and then she's quickly abandoned and just they have to set up a lot of uh -huh. plot mechanics to show right. that you know she was very virtuous and... yeah but and it's you know it, it's a standard melodrama i um one of the inter she calls her child my millennium baby because she realizes when the baby's born oh he's gonna live to see the year 2000 and wow. it's like so, like so amazing to her, and so she calls him his millennium baby. Uh huh. 
I have a few of those. Yeah. Well, they're well, millennials. Yeah. But... yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as, uh, not as we're, we're a lot close. We're past the millennials. So. <laughs> yes, but I mean the millennials. Yeah, I have three or four, depending on how you classify Mikey. But your grandkids are probably all into the twenty second century. Oh, don't the say ones that. that are, Is that right? Yeah, eighty years. So yeah, wow. And with the global warming, well, never mind. That's so crazy. Yeah, global warming. Foreign correspondent was also one of the losing nominees this year. Um, this is a spy movie starring uh, Joel McRae. Stars as a war correspondent, American war correspondent. Working in London, who oh, this has George Sanders in it. Yeah, George Sanders is in it. Also directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Alfred Hitchcock, his first two American movies were Foreign Correspondent and Rebecca. So he was kind of a big fish in a small pond at the British film industry, which was very, uh, very rudimentary compared to Hollywood in that time. But he really was the the premier filmmaker there in, in Britain. He made the first Man Who Knew Too Much and um, The 39 Steps was probably his first really big international success, The Lady Vanishes. So then he got invited to Hollywood and became kind of a, in, in was adapting to a much bigger pond. But uh, yeah, for a correspondent... Is it, is it is, Alfred Hitchcock who... Makes cameos in his movies. Yes. Okay, I yep. I didn't I forgot about that till now. I you'll have to tell me where the cameo was in Rebecca. I will. Okay. What's yeah. so great about Al- Alfred Hitchcock? I mean, I know I enjoy the I movies. Mean, he's but... a perfectionist. Just a real technical skill, and then has a great way of kind of uh, using filmmaking to tap into the psychology of the characters. But I think we'll get into that in okay. more detail when we get to our okay. feature presentation. Looking forward to that. So, yes. foreign correspondent, you recommend? Oh, it's great. That sounds like something Adam would really like. Yeah, it's a spy movie. Yeah, really beautifully shot. So, Alfred Hitchcock isn't the only director with two movies nominated for Best Picture this year. William Wyler? Uh, no, the... Great John Ford also has two. Oh, I know John him. John Ford, who, yeah, you know him from... Uh, from the movie that is basically The Fablements. Yeah, he's in The Fablements. <laughs> he also directed How Green Was My Valley. Yes. This is the year before How Green Was My Valley. And um, the first of his two nominees this year is uh, The Long Voyage Home is a movie about... Uh, sea merchants who are returning home to Ireland across the Atlantic in a very dangerous time, of course, uh, yeah. 1940. Oh. Uh, so they kind of deal with that. Um, uh, John Wayne is one of the um, ship mates. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so it's a beautifully shot um Movie, uh, not one of John Ford's best remembered movies, but it did score a Best Picture nomination. But his other nominee this year oh. is one of his absolute best movies, which is mm-hmm. The Grapes of Wrath. 
uh, adaptation of the 1939 um, John Steinbeck novel. Oh, well, that was fast. Yeah, it was fast. John Ford's mainly known for his westerns, but um, this is probably his most acclaimed non-western. Okay. Are you? Have you seen Grapes of Wrath? No. Have you read the novel? I'm probably in high school. Yeah. Yeah, this is set in the Dust Bowl, Great Depression. <laughs> um, the Frank, um, I'm sorry, Henry Fonda plays a an Oki, which are the Oklahoma farmers who are become destitute with the Dust Bowl. Their farmlands are ruined, and so the family packs up and goes to California in search of work. And it is just a gorgeous movie. It almost has this kind of post-apocalyptic feel. You know, it seems almost like a zombie movie because just the with the depression and the dust bowl, it's just the mm. it's like the world America's been ruined. Yeah, I hadn't and really thought about how quick uh, World War Two came at the yeah. tail end of the depression. Yeah, I mean, it's a remarkable movie and one of the best American movies of of all time. It's, it's, oh, but uh, it's not on our list because uh, well, it lost to Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, but you should watch it. You, I, so much humanity in these lives of these impoverished people. In uh, you know, it kind of sounds depressing, but it's just a very riveting. And it's, I I love the Grapes of Wrath. So, has this been remade a few times? It seems like a movie that would be remade. I would think it would be. I'm not familiar with another okay. version. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the novel's very famous. Because Rebecca's too. been remade, right? Yes. Is it the same movie, Rebecca, or just the same title? No, there was a, a Netflix version two years ago. Okay. Which is terrible. But, oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah, and then there's also, I think, a BBC version of it. Yeah, but that's The Grapes of Wrath. Also, another <laughs> masterpiece this year was The Great Dictator. Wow, Another one of the I losing nominees. I had not thought about the great dictator being while Hitler is still in power. Yes. Because it's clearly depicting Hitler. Yeah. Uh, he plays a, a, a fictional name he gives him. But yeah. yeah, and the, the symbol he's is not the, a swastika, but yeah, it's he's the dicta- two it's X's. X's. Yeah. <laughs> His, um, oh gosh, what name did they give him? He plays the... Dictator of Bacteria. Oh my gosh. That's the name of the country. Uh, this is Charlie Chaplin's only Best Picture nominee. Uh-huh. Uh, his first talking role. Oh, okay. And um, it's great. Have you ever seen it? I think I have. Yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece. I think, well, I think you will see it, because I think when we're done, we're going to do a little Charlie Chaplin marathon. Oh, okay. You haven't seen any Chaplin, right? Uh, what are some Charlie Chaplin? The, did I see City, the General? The General. You've seen Buster Keaton movies. Okay, General's Buster Keaton. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you have. The oh. City Lights, the, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, if I think of Charlie Chaplin, I probably th- am thinking of Buster Keaton. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, a uh, Great Dictator is wonderful. It's, he, he it's a comedy, a, I'm making fun of Hitler. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay, good. I'm looking. For, I'm not going to worry about it then until. Sure. Until yes. I assign it to you. Yeah. And then there's one more nominee to get to, which is the Philadelphia oh, wow. story. I love this movie. Yeah, it's one of the great. Um, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even call this screwball comedy, but just one of the great uh, kind of. Uh, Comedy Mariners, uh, Catherine Hepburn, Jimmy Stewart, and uh, Cary Grant. Have the what three of them been in a, a movie all together other than this one? I mean, I yeah. know she's been paired with both of them. Yeah, yeah she's been paired, with, yeah, she's been paired with Cary Grant quite a, a, lot. a few yeah. times. Yeah, uh, No, this is the only one with the three of them. And it's such a witty, just a great comedy. I love Catherine Hepburn's um, performance here. This is also one of my favorite um, performances of uh, of an actress. It's she's mm-hmm. just, and the story behind it is she was kind of her career was in the doldrums. She was labeled box office poison. And Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. What. Yeah, like in the late 30s, uh, I guess her movies, like Bring a Baby did not do well at the box office. Oh, such a yeah. great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Maybe people weren't yeah. in the mood for comedy in the late 30s? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the like The Awful Truth was very successful. Other, oh, that's uh, true. See. Um, so she went to Broadway and was started in the Philadelphia story on Broadway. Okay. Um, the play, and she per- herself purchased the movie rights and would only um, license it to the studio if she could play the lead. Okay, good for her. And she did. And Look at her. Wow. Resurrected her career. She's Go girl. great. Yes. <laughs> and then did she get to pick who starred alongside her? Um, I don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... If she did, good, good, good pick. It's great. It's a great cast and great movie. And so those are the nominees, but I do need to bring up some of the stuff in this great year that didn't manage to get a nomination. Oh, okay. Wow, there's um, more. Yeah. Another Jimmy Stewart comedy, which I actually oh, like yeah. better than The Philadelphia Story. It's just The oh, Shop Around the Corner. That is a nice movie. It's a fantastic you movie. You like that it's better the, than The Philadelphia Story? Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. It's just... It's was it's been remade as You've Got Mail. Right. And it kind of has that kind of core, like, meet cute type of romantic comedy right. stuff. But there's so much, like, humanity, like, on the margins of this story that just, it's, it's just, it's so wonderful. There's, there's a lot more going on than just the, the friction of these two people. Right. And, but they have a lot of charm and... It's great. So yeah. go see the shop around the corner. It's fantastic. Yeah, I do like that movie. And uh, <laughs> as much as I, I do really love the Philadelphia story, but it's not even my favorite Cary Grant comedy of that year. Oh. Because he also have His Girl Friday, uh-huh. which is great, a uh, great movie with Rosalind Russell where they play newspaper reporters uh-huh. trying to get a story and uh, just rapid-fire dialogue, which is it's, it's just it's fantastic. I've, so this have is I like, seen that one? Um, yeah, I think you have. 
sounds like something I would see. Yeah, I think you commented on it. I you liked. It. I mean, the dialogue yeah. is fantastic. And yeah. So really great year for comedies. Where it's like I think Philadelphia Story is probably my third favorite comedy. And she plays a character that can keep up with all the guys in the newsroom. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did see that. Yeah, and really interesting social commentary. Uh, but this was also a very good year for Walt Disney, who oh. had a second and well, third two. animated features, both classics, Pinocchio and Fantasia. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say it's a good year for Disney. They both actually lost money in their original release. Really? Um, yeah, they didn't. They didn't get the attention that Snow White. Or they didn't get the box office that Snow White did. So the first um, one is Snow White. Yeah. And then Bambi? Pin- no, it's Pinocchio, the second. Oh, this is the second. Second yeah, and, then and Fantasia third. Okay. Is, Fantasia is third. Okay. Yeah, uh, but both movies have aged spectacularly well. I mean, they're two of the greatest animated films of all time. And they have uh, since made a profit, of course, with their yeah. re-releases um, well, every six or seven years and and all the paraphernalia and, that goes along with yeah fantasia fantasia is like the posters like alone exactly yeah and then i mean jiminy cricket would be a, yeah. like a, a icon i a had trademark. a little little jiminy cricket yeah uh, always let your conscience be your guide <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I mean, 1940 is just one of the great movie years. Uh-huh. It's amazing how people would churn out so many movies in a year. You know, that you could have these oh, big yeah. actors do have a couple no, of movies. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think we are ready. You know, boy, I have a strong feeling that before the day is out, somebody's going to make use of that term. Rather expressive, though somewhat old-fashioned term, foul play. <laughs> so let's get uh, into Rebecca, which won the Best Picture Oscar for this um, very competitive year. So what is Rebecca about? Rebecca is about this wealthy widower who um, we, we... It's like a secretive... His wife has passed away we yes. learn early on that she passed away in some sort of accident and he's been mourning her death for the past you know year or years mm-hmm. and anyway he meets this young girl in monte carlo mm-hmm. and they get married fairly quickly so the bulk of the movie is where she goes to his estate and is you know kind of replacing the former you know, mistress of the house or whatever you mm-hmm. call that. And uh, anyway, it's it's got a lot of twists and turns and she's yes. sort of drama with the staff and she doesn't know, uh, you know, it really kind of gets in her head. And yeah. anyway, things that you think, you know, she didn't, you know, she's, I don't know, you just, you <laughs> find out what she thought, What it's like it messes with people's reality. Yes. Yeah. And uh, anyway, and then they have that character, George Sanders, you said, yeah. Yes. Who is, plays the, Shere, the voice of Shere Khan, the tiger, in, mm-hmm. the, Jungle in the Jungle Book. Book. Yeah. And the Jungle Book is later than this. Yeah, right? much later. Yeah. 67. Yeah, but it's like that 
Tiger is the same character as, okay. as yeah. him. He even uses some of the same phrases. Oh, he has that great uh, velvety voice. Oh, he does. Similar character in All About Eve, too. <laughs> yeah, so he's just this sort of... Uh, yeah, and you even have it at the end where he's, uh, you know, the the fire at the end reminded me of, you know, the fire and... Okay, yes. <laughs> you know, he, he gets bested by fire. So, yeah. yeah, it's this thriller, and we're kind of... We're watching it through the view of this young woman. Yeah. Yeah. Of, What's her name? Uh, Fontaine. Joan Fontaine. <laughs> yeah, the actress's name. Okay. Wait. Oh, what is her name in the movie? I don't even know. What is her name? We never get her name. Seriously? Yeah. No, she's not named. She's the second Mrs. DeWinter. Oh, that's so weird. I had yeah. I couldn't think of her name, but that's pretty common for me. Yeah. Is that why you asked me that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John Fontaine. Have I seen her in anything else? Uh, she's in Suspicion. Her sister okay. is Olivia de Havilland. Really? Yeah. Okay. She's well, in Gone with the Wind. She's in Gone with the Wind, yeah. We haven't seen that yet. No. Uh, so what did you think of Rebecca? Well, I already said I really love this movie. <laughs> Good. And those are great <laughs> movies, but it at least, I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know where, what, I haven't watched some of them recently, but... I wouldn't argue with some of the other ones all winning over this, but right. but it's not like how lame that this one won. Oh no, yeah. I, I think I this mean, is it's... a great movie. It's really intriguing and even though I'm pretty sure I've I've seen it before, I couldn't remember any of it and you know, the twist at the end is is pretty fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, Hitchcock's famous for saying that drama is life with all the boring bits cut out. Okay. And um, I think he means by that that his suspense is very much tied into um, life itself and our psychology. Because so much of the tension in this movie comes from uh, social anxiety which we get in the right. Monte yeah. Carlo scenes, or Monty, as some people say, yeah. where it's her terror at just saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or being awkward yeah. is what the whole film is kind of built on. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like how those Monte Carlo scenes are handled. Uh, first of all, she is there as a paid assistant um, to Mrs. Van Hopper, who's just this really vain, <laughs> ridiculous uh, woman who you know fancies herself as a society lady and tries to curry favor with Maxim De Winter because he's a, a big muckety muck and. You yeah, know, that's what she does. Um, How old would you say that she plays in this movie? Mrs. Van Hopper? Yeah. Oh, um, I would say 60s. Yeah. Yeah. The actress was 48 when this came out. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even look that up. Oh, uh, yeah. I was like, I had the wow. same thought, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have put her at 68, but. 
<laughs> yeah, she's great. And I think that you have this... It's an interesting play on the social relationships because her her job, the Joan Fontaine character, her job is being a friend, right? Right. And so it's it's that that sort of intimacy is kind of reduced to commerce, or she's right. a, a servant uh-huh. pretending to be a companion, right? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the fascinating themes of identity. You know, I mentioned that she's not even named herself. Oh. And the yeah. naming is kind of, uh, there's an interesting motif, I think, on names. Because we get um, a couple times how elaborate Maxim's name is. Uh, mm-hmm. George Fontescue Maximilian de Winter, I think was the name. Um, and then kind of George Sanders' character, Favel, makes fun of that at the end. You also have the fact that she's not named, and it's there's this kind of class divide where the the um, the servants, the upper class kind of um, has the names and they're kind of um, pulling in the identities of the people below them. He kind of, uh, he always kind of treats her as a child. He seems to like her because she's pliant and Uh can be shaped into whatever he wants. So there's a very controlling aspect to their nature. It seems very imbalanced uh, union there. And... Uh, Rebecca, I think one of the other things with the naming is that Rebecca takes on Mrs. Danvers' name um, with the doctor in London. Right. Um, she also, she's introduced with her her maiden name. I forgot what it was, but when uh, Mrs. Van Hopper is talking about her, he says, this is oh, Rebecca, yeah. right. whatever. Um, Clearly comes from a of, high society mm-hmm. background. Yeah. Yeah, so she's a woman who takes on, yeah, she takes on names, takes on identities, and it's almost like that's the, that's the conflict with Max, right? Because he hates Rebecca, we find yeah. out at the end. Right, and, which is the opposite of what we thought. Yeah, which is the opposite of what we thought, but uh, yeah, so... Yeah, he, he's an interesting character because he's introduced to him with his temper. Yeah. He reminds he's me a little bit of um, Pride and Prejudice, um, Darcy. Darcy? You know, how he seems so imposing and aloof and then, anyway, becomes yeah. Dennis says no. <laughs> I like Darcy better. <laughs> um, you know, this guy is, he's... Um, he, he definitely seems to have a dark side to him. Yeah. So how, how much can we trust his version of Rebecca? In terms of, like, he kind of presents her as a monster. Right. 
We don't trust that? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think we see what he likes about this young woman is that she's kind of pliant uh-huh. and, you know, she's, she's, he, he, she does what he says, right? Even right. when they're having, sitting down for breakfast and Monty, you know, he says, you know, right. eat, eat your eggs like a good little girl. Yeah. When she says, first, I'm not hungry. Let's go. Yeah. Says, eat your eggs like a good little girl. And then she does. Yeah. And, you know, okay. throughout the movie, she kind of does what he's telling her. Yeah. And, and then he like warns the, that look on her. Remember at one point, he's like that look of, what does he call it? Wonderment or, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. That innocence is gone. And it will right. never come back because she's now been through too much. Yeah, and, and he seems to be worried about her turning into Rebecca, you know, who he talks about as a monster, but is it more so that she just has more agency? Oh. You that know, could that be. she is, has an identity of her own that he can't control. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That's a very so, dark picture of him. Yeah, well, he does have kind of an... Some of the, the cycles of, of of abuse, like with the oh, temperatures coming up. Yeah, that scene like, in the car seemed like, well, that's not very nice. Do you remember? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, like, his temper comes up a lot. There's even one scene where, you know, he loses his temper. She gets very frazzled by it. And then she ends up apologizing for making him mad. This is when she says something about, well, people will gossip. And then he's like, yells at her. What do you mean? What do you mean gossip? What do they have to gossip about? Mm-hmm. And then um, he's like, oh, oh, darling, you're upset. And she goes, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. It was such a cruel thing to say. And it's like, she didn't really say anything. So it's almost like these, you know, he doesn't strike her or, you know, he's, we don't witness any abuse, but she's he puts her in this submissive position where he lashes out at her and she's apologizing to him yeah so So i have to say that i kind of saw it as one of the things i liked was the progression of their characters so that mm -hmm. they started out with it was very imbalanced and he's clearly sort of almost not even almost he was like a father figure to her yeah. And she was this, uh, that's a good way of putting it. She didn't have much agency. Mm-hmm. And when she started out in the house, she also didn't have much. She's just like, whatever you, the staff, whatever you think best, yes, do that. Mm-hmm. And then we saw her start to break out of it. Mm-hmm. And then she'd, you know, take a step back, like when it was, you know, okay, I want to do the costume party. I'm going to plan this. This is yes. going to be... You see her start to have a spark and some mm-hmm. agency, and then she took a step back by taking a, a yeah. uh, you well, know, she got tricked. She got okay. tricked, but it was really taking a step back of that. But then as she kind of went on, you saw her. I thought I saw her like gaining strength, and as she became sure. more um, kind of sure of herself and had gone through these things, she lost that spark that he missed. But you also saw their relationship together grow more real and more 
uh, yeah, you know, well, it's like their relationship beca- as it became more balanced, it became mm-hmm. more intimate. Yeah, and she certainly takes a stronger role in the latter part of the movie, right? Um, until she's sent home. I mean, she does kind of save him when she faints as he's starting yeah. to lose his temper. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems pretty clear that she did that intentionally. Right. Which is also agency that. and. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's using her demeanor, you know, it's yeah. how she can show agency. That, right. You know, she's kind of. Um, Working within the it. system that she's been given. but Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think of Mrs. Danvers? Oh, great character. <laughs> Isn't she great? <laughs> yeah, she, I don't know who plays her, but... Judith Anderson. Oh, my gosh, she's really good. So she's... Yeah. I don't know what character she reminds me of, but I feel like she must have been imitated in so many things. She's, you know, dressed in all black. She yeah. has this very... Um, Stepmother. Yeah, uh, right. Cinderella. Exactly. Maybe uh, Maleficent. Maybe In Maleficent, way, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's just, you know, she's the servant, but, you know, she's kind of running the whole thing. And she. Yeah. But we also see later some vulnerability in her, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the devotion she had to the first Mrs. to Rebecca. Anyway, it was just, you know, but that scene where she's trying to get um, the Joan Fontaine character to jump out the window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And she just kind of slips in and slips out. Yeah. Yeah. That's intentional. You don't watch her enter. In fact, in the scene when she's first in the West Wing. Uh The second Mrs. De Winter is just kind of exploring this, um, yeah, kind of a museum tour to Rebecca, shrine to Rebecca. Her room is preserved, and then we don't see Mrs. Danvers enter. She's just on the other side of this uh, kind of sheer curtain or, yeah. or or veil, almost the maybe it's the canopy to the bed. I don't know, but she's yeah. You just see her merging through it. It's just. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, the other thing I would say is, you know, yes, we only get his version, which is going to be slanted, but we also see the, we never meet Rebecca, but we see the effects that she had. The effects that she had is, first of all, Mrs. Danvers is very much, I'm on Rebecca's side and therefore I'm against you. You know, I can't be... You know, I can't be for you. And then the other way we see Rebecca is through the Shere Khan character. Yes. Right? Who's also, he was her cousin, who was also having cousin. an affair with her. Uh, anyway. Apparently, yeah. So what we see is the effects of her is division. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, okay, so right. it's, you know, is she a, a you know, you, you know something by its effects. And the effects are division. So I don't see him as, as being much. He's at least yeah. there. There's I at think least there's a an ambiguity. Good, there's a good part of the truth that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he also doesn't like that because maybe she presented herself as somebody with less agency so that they would get married because mm-hmm. 
Apparently in the 1940s, people would just meet each other and get married five days later. Yeah. Uh, and then she, but I, she also was... Oh, I think this is set well before the 1940s. Okay. Well, there's cars, so not too much before it. Uh-huh. But I think this is definitely maybe like the 20s or... Uh-huh. Okay. Seems older. So I don't, I don't know if I would... I might push back a little. Well, I think that it's, it's ambiguous. Because we don't know Rebecca. At all. She's not a character in the movie. She's just, she, it, it, in fact, it was kind of funny when I asked you what you thought Rebecca was about. Um, what did I say? You said it's about a woman named Rebecca. Which actually, she's not in the movie. But, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it is, in a sense, about her. But um, you also said, I, I hope it's not a ghost story. Oh, it is a ghost story. <laughs> it is kind of a ghost story. Yeah. 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 It is, uh, it's not a literal the... ghost story, but yeah. it is kind of haunted. Yeah. Manderley is kind of a haunted house. How about this, too? I wonder if maybe Mrs. Danvers also felt like she had some control over Rebecca. So yeah. maybe the division is not from Rebecca, but it's from Mrs. Danvers, who, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's also there's a lot of subtext in the movie, particularly about the relationship between Rebecca and Mrs. Danvers, which um, uh-huh. a lot of people comment on that it's uh, lesbian coded. Oh, really? That well, yeah. I mean, you know, the way she handles her sheer nightgown, oh, and she's yeah, going yeah. through her underwear, and yeah, and uh, so there's a lot of subtext there that when Max is telling the story that. After they got married, he learned her secret. Maybe it's a little bit different than the one that he thought. Like, if he's just kind of a beard for her. Yeah. But it is ambiguous. It's not, I don't think there's an answer one way or the other. But there's, that's what the movie, the tension of the movie kind of plays on these kind of, um, Yeah, this social anxiety. Right. right? Now, because the pregnancy would definitely have not come from... Well, no, no, no. But well, she wasn't pregnant. Right, but they thought told. she was. Yes. Mrs. Danvers mm-hmm. thought she was too, right? No. She didn't think she was pregnant? She was, com- she was sure that she didn't commit suicide. But she didn't know that she went to the... Uh, doctor. Doctor. Oh, the doctor to whom she presented as Mrs. Danvers. Oh, okay. Uh, was Maxim thought she was pregnant, or at least that's his story. Well, both of the guys did. Yeah. Shere Khan did, too. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what his name was in the movie. Uh, Favel. Favel, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting when you go back the second time, because... It's it's not that clear that Favelle thinks she's pregnant with his child. He thinks that's why she's going to the doctor, but he also makes a comment where he thinks Frank is was in love with Rebecca, the oh, other his best the financial guy. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot of layers there. There we is, and at really one point know. there was just one time when Frank. Yeah. 
said something, you know, or Maxim said, I have to. Yeah, I have to tell you. I have to tell you what's really going on. And Frank's like, I, I, yeah. I know what's really going on. Yeah. And then they don't explore, or at least I didn't catch that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just so kind there of are a there. lot of layers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it is in that scene where um, Favell is on the phone at the end of the movie, where Hitchcock makes his appearance, standing oh, outside of the okay. phone booth. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the kind of social anxiety, I love that whole sequence with the Cupid that she breaks. Yeah. And she's kind of hiding it. And it's like there's no rational sense to it because she's like the lady of the house. Right. It's like, it's oh, hers. yeah, I broke this. Yeah. She shouldn't be afraid of her servants. But we understand yeah. that fear. Yeah. Because, first of all, with the demeanor of... of uh, Mrs. Danvers, mm-hmm. she's very intimidated. Right. Um, she feels like an she, imposter. Yeah. She feels like an imposter, so it's almost the... Um, she's kind of imprisoned by the, the, the own mind, right? Yeah. She kind of makes the restrictions, her own restrictions in her head. Yeah. Yeah, and... and she's uh, Fritz the butler comes in to ask about it and then she confesses after Fritz leaves and he and Maxim's like why didn't you say that while he was here Uh and she's like well I was afraid to to her butler to say anything and he's like well it's gonna look a lot worse now Um, but then he says you've got to tell Mrs. Danvers and she goes oh please you tell her I can't do that it's kind of mirrors earlier in the movie when with their engagement about telling Mrs. Van Hopper oh, yeah, she's yeah. afraid to tell her and ask Maxim to do it for her yeah. so she, she does have this real um, she insecurity. she feels her insecurity yeah. yeah and in that sense you know Rebecca herself as, as a figure this is kind of like an early version of the um, Instagram influencer or this kind of um, this woman is comparing herself against something, an ideal that doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. Rebecca is this. She's perfection and all her awkwardness. You know, she knocks over a vase at the table. She breaks this thing. She's always doing crazy things and or she's always doing careless things saying the wrong thing and she's very yeah but she's always comparing herself to rebecca right so You'll never live I think up this to is, this it's kind yeah. of a really interesting version of what people are still dealing with today yeah. but yeah. in a in a different way yeah on social media and stuff uh-huh. and oh the max's sister beatrice uh-huh. right did you recognize her uh, I mean, she looked familiar. Gladys Cooper. She's from... Uh, she's Henry Higgins' mother in My Fair Lady. Oh, okay. Yeah. Much later, so... Much later. Yeah. Yeah, so Ooh. this was um, Hitchcock's... Yeah, he, he came from the British film industry where he was like the top dog. 
And um, the producer of this movie is David O. Selznick, who's one of the um, one of the most controlling producers on the MGM lot. He had just coming off the success of his career with Gone with the Wind. He produced oh, that. Oh, the year before. Yeah. The year before. Um, and he's famous for, he sees the producer as the author of movies. And okay. the director is just like your employee. Your, your guy on the set to uh-huh. make things happen. And he's, so they really clashed. Uh-huh. Um, he was famous for sending his directors these really long memos to, to detail every aspect of production. Uh, but Hitchcock gave a great interview much later in his career where he says, he goes, when I went to Hollywood to make Rebecca, I received a memo from Mr. Selznick. I have just finished reading it. <laughs> I plan to make it my next film. (laughs) I shall call it The Longest Story Ever Told. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. But, you know, he kind of paid his dues in Hollywood and and ended up getting a lot of um, control on Uh his uh, later movies and uh, really uh, has a spectacular career, of course, with the Particularly heading into the 50s with Rear Window Vertigo. Oh, Strangers gosh. on a Train, uh, oh, wait, North Bay Northwest. You're talking and... about Hitchcock? Or... Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. I thought you meant the producer. No, David O. Salznick. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he kind of peaked here with uh, back-to-back Best Picture Oscars with Gone uh-huh. with the Wind and uh, Rebecca. Um, he ended up having um, a romance with the actress... Jennifer Jones and put a lot of money into an epic called Duel, Duel in the Sun, which uh, ended up kind of um, blemishing his career. It was a kind of an expensive uh, movie that uh, didn't uh, lost money. Wow. Yeah, but uh, that's Rebecca. Any, anything else on Rebecca? Uh, the only other question I have is, so where do you, I presume that you like this movie. I like it a lot. I think it's a great movie. And how do you feel about it winning the Oscar this year for Best Picture? Um, I think it's certainly Best Picture worthy. If I were a voter that year, I would have voted for, well, I, I my favorite movie of the year is The Shop Around the Corner. Of the nominees, I would yeah. go with The Grapes of Wrath. It's so good. Was it, um, do you know if there was a front runner for the Oscars that year or anything? Yeah, well, Rebecca was a huge hit. It was the biggest hit of the year. Okay. So it's probably not surprising. Grips of Wrath ended up winning Best Director, so it was oh, probably really? very okay. close. So but they we'll split the... That. Yeah. Was... But we'll get into that in okay. a when we yeah. get, get to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a great movie, I... I would say probably the weakest part is the ending scenes with all the um, courtroom stuff, mm-hmm. but not that it's bad. I, I just think it's yeah much better in the in Manderley in the psychological and, drama. Part. Yeah, and I like the Monte Carlo scenes are, uh-huh. are really good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as 
as Hitchcock goes, I mean, it's not a slight to Rebecca, but it'll probably be there's so many others that I would have ahead of it. I'll probably have it. Uh, maybe in my top ten Hitchcock, but okay. Is this definitely only like best a, picture? Win? This is only best picture win. Okay. Never wins best director. Oh really? No. Nope. Yeah, like... one of the things with Hitchcock is his his great movies always come in very competitive years. Uh, so, uh, Rear Window comes out the same year as On the Waterfront. Okay. Um, Psycho, his biggest hit, comes out the same year as The Apartment. Okay. Um, and both of those we haven't gotten to yet. I don't uh-huh. think we'll get to them for a while. Uh-huh. Um, uh, North by Northwest is up against Ben-Hur, which we already talked about and uh-huh. we weren't that thrilled with, but it's it was a juggernaut. It's a hard movie to compete with. Yeah. Uh, Vertigo came out in a really terrible year. Um, Gigi was the eventual winner, but wow. Vertigo was just a movie that didn't. It was rediscovered much later. Nobody really liked it, oh, either critics or, or audiences at the time. Yeah, but yeah, his his strongest contenders seem to come in very competitive years, mm-hmm. uh, as this one did. Uh, so, are we ready to get to the limerick? Yeah, I do. I have the limerick. Yes. This is the one you wrote? This is ChatGPT. ChatGPT, yes. In Manderley, dark and forlorn, a tale of intrigue was born. With Mrs. Danvers so sly and a house up so high, Hitchcock's Rebecca leaves us torn. All right. But that was my question. Does it really leave us torn? Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, there are some ambiguities there. Um, He does kind of get away with... Well, one of the differences in... Because of the production code Uh from the book is that in the book, he he shoots Rebecca. Oh. So they have to... You can't have him get away with murder, so it's... She has to die by accident. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um... Yeah, so my limerick, which I just wrote last night because I forgot. That's so good, though. Well, thanks. Rebecca's been dead for a year. Her replacement is saddled with fear. Mrs. Danvers, grief-ridden, old secrets unhidden, and the mansion's inferno draws near. I love it. Oh, thank you. So good. Okay. Yeah, so Rebecca got 10 Oscar nominations. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, three acting nominations. Okay. Can you guess who? Uh, Lawrence Olivier. Mm-hmm. Joan Fontaine. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Danvers. Yeah. Okay. Judith Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Lawrence Olivier would lose to James Stewart for The Philadelphia Story. Um, Don't we call him Jimmy Stewart? Jimmy Stewart, yes. You can call me there. He'll, he'll answer okay. to both. Will uh, he, though? <laughs> well, not, not since 1996. Okay. Uh, Joan Fontaine would uh, lose to Ginger Rogers for Kitty Foyle. Okay. And the Judith Anderson loses to Jane Darwell, uh, who won Best Supporting Actress for playing Ma Jode in The Grapes of Wrath. Okay. So a very competitive year. Um, Rebecca actually only won two of its ten. Oh. So. Yeah, uh, it only won Best Picture and Best Cinematography. Okay. 
So, I mean, I think that speaks more to the competitiveness of the year than... Did it get sort of evenly divided, more or less, among more the movies? More or less, yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, the movie that won the most was The Thief of Baghdad, uh, which is kind of a fantasy, an Aladdin story. Okay. So once a lot of the technical categories, it won three. So okay. This won two. Uh, Grapes of Wrath won two. Um, Pinocchio won two. Okay. You know, but um, so Alfred Hitchcock lost to Laurence Olivier. Right. No, Alfred Hitchcock lost to John Ford, as okay. I said. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to argue with that. I mean, Hitchcock deserved an Oscar, but for other, in other years. Uh-huh. Yeah, the acting ones, I don't really begrudge, although I, I'd stand up for Judith Anderson. Uh-huh. I actually think best, well, I think... I, I would definitely go with Henry Fonda and Grapes of Wrath, as much as I love Jimmy Stewart. Uh-huh. And Catherine Hepburn should have won for the Philadelphia story. It's uh, Ginger Rogers is good, but I mean, that's an all-timer so performance. Did Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine ever win Best Actor or Best Actress? Yeah. Uh, Joan Fontaine wins the next year for Suspicion. Okay. And Laurence Olivier wins eight years later for a movie we've already watched. Hamlet? Hamlet, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, it 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 won best cinematography. Which, so uh, Lawrence Olivier in this movie is Hamlet in the next one. Mm-hmm. He plays Hamlet. Eight years later, yeah. But he's blonde in Hamlet. Uh huh. That's movie magic. <laughs> That's the lighting. It's yeah, weird. It's it funny because he looks yeah. younger in Hamlet. I know. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. I, I commented on in our Hamlet episode about yeah. he looks too old for the part. And he I said, oh, he looks he, so young. He looks so young, but he yeah. looks younger than... And he's eight years younger here. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the only other one I would begrudge is Art Direction. It lost to Pride and Prejudice, a, a 1940 version of Pride and Prejudice, which I've seen, but, I mean, the the detail, the design of Manderley, I mean, that's such a character in the movie. I don't see uh-huh. how loses to uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, but, scandal. Yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, the others, I can understand the score loses to Pinocchio. Good score. I understand, yeah. Uh, so let's do Name That t- Tune. Okay. With the best song winner, which I think okay. you'll get. Let's test your knowledge of... Um, 1940 songs. Mm-hmm. I wish, dream, I wish, 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 yeah, so that's 1940. Good year. Really great year, yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, so we're about to um, close out the non-top 20 movies. Okay. So what do we think is coming up next at number 21? Which of the great movies that are left, what one's not going to make the top 20? 
I mean, Parasite, I never heard of. Why is that going to make the top 20? Well, we don't know it. Oh, so the one... Do I just have to pick one or I do mine? Well, do yours, yeah. I have the best years of our lives. Mm -hmm. Amadeus, No Country for Old Men, Moonlight, and Parasite. Yes. Okay. And then you have... have had those for a while. I've yeah. had those for like eight months or something. <laughs> not, not quite, but... Uh, yeah, I have Unforgiven, uh, West Side Story, The Silence of the Lambs, The Bridge on the River Kwai. What are you going to add? I, I'm going to go with Annie Hall, <gasps> I guess. Annie Hall, Dennis, well, what is wrong with you? Well, that's a regular pick. You're picking Schindler's you know, I don't know. I've never I seen, know. have I seen Schindler's? I've never seen Schindler's List. Yeah. I've always wanted to. Well, you will. Which one do you think? It is. Well, I had picked, way back when I picked Amadeus at 21. Yeah, and I think that, would so that would be so um, wild. That's my pick. Yeah, I will pick Unforgiven. Okay. That's uh, what I think it is. But it could be either of those. If it's Amadeus, we both win. Yeah, but you'll get the point. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's find out. Oh, what's the side story? That is not... Well, you had it on your list. I have it on my list. Okay. okay. 1961. Oh, so wait, I need to watch both West Side Stories then. Oh, yeah. There's a Steven Spielberg remake too. You definitely oh. have to watch the 61 version. Okay. Um, 1961 West Side Story. Yeah. Okay. I and look you've forward seen to it that. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to watch it again. Yes. Yes, you've seen it. Right? I have seen it. Okay, so we'll be back next week with West Side, Side Story. Story.